This episode of the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast is brought to you by Hamilton, a value-add investment and development firm in Nashville, Tennessee, focused on bringing passive real estate investment opportunities directly to your inbox. Visit www.investwithhamilton.com invest to sign up for upcoming investment opportunities. We are back. Uh, it has been the longest time since I have gone live and uh, honestly even released a podcast. I think it's been since, what, probably February. Really excited to be back in the studio, getting back to it, as you can tell uh, if you are watching on YouTube. Uh, we have updated the studio a little bit. Uh, which is always uh, fun and entertaining for me since I have recorded now like over 200 videos here. Um, it's been a long couple of months uh, and crazy couple of months. The reason that we ended up having to put everything on pause for a little bit, if you follow me on Instagram, uh, you are well aware uh, that we did a video series for Bigger Pockets. Go check that out. Uh, as well as I'm teaching a commercial real estate boot camp uh, for them this summer. So I actually had to put together that curriculum. It was the first time I've ever actually formally put together anything on teaching commercial real estate, which uh, was a lot of fun. Um, since then, we've also uh, closed on about one and a half million square feet in uh, Chattanooga, in the Chattanooga MSA, uh, about 10 minutes outside of downtown. It's this old historic wool mill called Peerless Mill. I'm incredibly excited about that. It's a developer's dream in terms of adaptive reuse. The oldest building was constructed between 1905 and 1910, and our plans are to bring it back uh, as a bit of a mixed-use town center. We're going to have office, retail, restaurants, brewery, uh, grocery. Um, we're looking for indoor hydroponics, um, loft living space. We'll have some light manufacturing. It will truly be a walkable mixed-use community. Uh, we have also opened up the wash. Y'all have been following along with that project for quite some time. Uh, if you're in Nashville, run by and check it out. Uh, the, the restaurants are doing incredibly well. Uh, so excited with the tenants that we have on the property. Uh, I actually ate there today, um, as I have been just about every day. It's tough not to. I mean, that's, that's what I've been telling everybody. When you uh, get to do your own food hall, you know, you're going to pick the restaurants that you want to eat at every day. So kind of a selfish thing for me, I guess. Um, Hannah's asking if I will be doing another Bigger Pockets commercial real estate boot camp um, since she missed the registration. Hannah, you're not alone. A lot of people actually ended up missing the registration. Um, we had, I think there's over 120 people in that class, uh, which is kind of crazy. Um, yes, uh, hopefully we will be doing another one. Uh, we've gotten great feedback so far. Uh, and we've been having a lot of fun doing it. So my thought is we could probably do it once or twice a year. Um, so we're currently talking with them about possibly extending that to something in the fall as well. So stay tuned there. We'll see what we can do. Um, let's see here. I wanted to talk about, um, obviously today we're talking about triple net investments as annuities. Uh, you know, I've been getting a lot of questions about that, especially with the investment environment that we are in today. You know, are triple net investments worth it? Uh, can real estate serve as an annuity uh, for investments? And the answer to both of those is obviously yes. Well, in my opinion, and which is totally unbiased. Uh, but triple net investments particularly make incredible annuities. Uh, and I will show you exactly why. Um, we have a number of investor clients that are um, nearing retirement age, or they're at retirement age, or even some clients that have just, you know, they've had massive windfalls, and they're trying to figure out where to place that capital in 
I guess really in a, in a, in a more secure spot, right? I mean, there's all different, there's a whole spectrum of, of risk uh, when it comes to commercial real estate assets and single tenant net lease credit tenant risk uh, is relatively low compared to the rest of real estate. Um, and since there's not a whole lot of uh, landlord responsibilities, which we will get into here in a minute, don't want to spoil it. Um, it makes for great annuities. So I want to go through um, Johan is asking if we can talk about real yield risk on cap rates uh, with inflation. Um, absolutely, I will touch on that here in a little bit um, because that's a huge issue right now. And I think next week I'm actually going to do another live where I go and talk about uh, the inflationary environment and the interest rate environment and how that will impact commercial real estate. Um, let's see. Yeah, no GM here. Hi, Tyler. Thanks for chatting with me today. Learned a lot. Uh, I would imagine that is Joe. If so, Joe, good to see you. Uh, thanks for jumping in. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, let's go ahead. I'm going to share my screen. We'll jump on over. Well, you guys don't need to see the analytics. All right. I uh, thought that this was a pretty interesting article. So this is um, from CNBC, and it's titled Annuity, Re Annuity Sales Rise, Buoyed by Market Fears and Higher Interest Rates. What to Know Before You Buy. So the, the key takeaways from this article, and then I'm probably going to skip through a bunch of it, but annuity sales this year are projected to eclipse the all-time high set in 2008. Really interesting. Investors appear to be fleeing volatility in the stock market, while insurers are offering better terms and rising interest rates. And annuities may be well-suited for the risk-averse investor, but they're not for everybody. And that's a little bit about what we're going to be talking about today. So you can see here, I mean, look, they, uh, they forecast annuity sales of 267 to $288 billion in 2022, uh, which is incredibly high. Um, S&P is down more than 13% this year. Uh, the bond market is down. The bond index is down more than 9%. Well, obviously, there's a lot of insecurity in the marketplace. Uh, part of that's been brought on by the war. Part of it uh, is just... I mean, there's there's a whole bunch of reasons. I guess we don't we can get into that next week uh, in the next live. Um, so let's skip down here. Bond substitute. So annuities are a good bond substitute. So risk averse investors interested in a fixed rate deferred, indexed, or buffer annuity should generally allocate a portion of their bond portfolio to the purchase as a substitute. Uh, this is a quote from, uh, I guess, somebody in the article. Long term, I think the math is in favor of, of a diversified portfolio of bonds, equities, and real estate. But for some people, they can't stomach it. So really what's going on here, um, annuities are very similar to bonds, right? You invest in bonds because you want that uh, it's, it's a lower return, right? But it's, it's as close to guaranteed as you can really ever get. Right, nothing in real estate is guaranteed. Nothing in the stock market is guaranteed, but bonds are uh, typically the highest rating uh, of an investment that you can get. But because of that, there's a very low return associated with them. So let's let's go into what annuities are for uh, my fellow millennials that may not know that annuities are more or bigger. It seems like in the Gen X and the baby boomer generations because they're closer to retirement. Um, and that's typically what annuities have been. But let's be honest, uh, annuities are not just for older generations. I mean, if you're wise, you're buying them today because any amount of passive income that you can build up now that will continue to pay you, you know, dividends later is well worth it. 
Um, so what is an annuity? Well, this is from investopedia.com, which, which is a phenomenal website, by the way, if you ever have any questions on specific um, investment uh, you know, terms and, and the like. Uh, the term annuity refers to an insurance contract issued and distributed by financial institutions with the intention of paying out invested funds in a fixed income stream in the future. So basically, you'll either pay into it over time or you'll do one lump sum. And at some point in the future, they will pay you back a fixed monthly rate. Um, so here's some key takeaways from Investopedia. I love that they do this, by the way. I actually started doing this on my blog post because I saw that they were doing it. I was like, that's actually really nice. I can go through and read the whole article if I want, but here's the, here's the, the key takeaways. Uh, annuities are financial projects that offer a guaranteed income stream, usually for retirees. doesn't have to be, but I mean, that's in the, in the traditional sense, it has been. The accumulation phase is in the first stage of the annuity, uh, whereby investors fund the product with either a lump sum or periodic payments. The annuitant begins receive so the person who buys the annuity begins receiving payments after the annuitization period for a fixed period or for the rest of their life depends on what kind of uh, annuity you're buying uh, and these products can be categorized into immediate and deferred annuities and may be structured as fixed or variable so for example let's say that you you pay a lump sum of $100,000 and 5 years from now you start getting $3,000 a month for the rest of your life right? They'll go, it's, you know, whoever is selling the annuity will typically go out, they'll invest it, or they'll leverage it somehow in order to go get returns on your capital, and then they'll start paying you back slowly over time. So uh, let's see. So, you know, obviously, uh, that's kind of nice if you're trying to figure out what your predictable monthly income is going to be, right? If you can say, okay, well, for the, every month for the rest of my life, I'm going to be making at least $3,000. So that's worth putting up a hundred grand. Absolutely. That's worth it. Uh, but I think that triple net investments and single tenant net lease investments, probably especially, um, actually end up being better annuity type returns than an annuity is. Uh, for multiple reasons. Let's talk about what triple net investments are. Um, this is actually, uh, you can go watch this video if you want, The Guide to Investing in Triple Net Properties. Uh, it's a video that was one of my, uh, I guess, earlier videos. Um, but this is a blog post that we wrote uh, about why triple nets or triple net leases are so attractive. Let's skip down here. Um, basically, in a triple net lease, you can see this graph on the screen. If you're listening to the podcast, sorry, I'll just try and verbalize it for you. Uh, but in a single net lease, the tenant only pays your property taxes, right? That means the landlord is responsible for building insurance, common area maintenance, and the structural building maintenance. Um, whereas in an absolute net lease, you know, there's single net, double net, triple net, and absolute net. In an absolute net lease, the tenant pays for everything, meaning you as the landlord don't have much of a day-to-day -day or even week-to-week -week or month-to-month -month responsibility. It's as close to mailbox money as you can get in real estate. Now, with that, well, there you have it. <laughs> that was uh, a new sign that I just put up. I guess it just fell. Sorry if y'all heard that. Um, so in an absolute net lease, the landlord doesn't really have any responsibilities other than having to go through and just check on the property, right? I mean, you want to make sure that the tenant is actually taking care of things. You want to make sure that they are actually paying uh, the property taxes or keeping the building insured. There's, there are certain asset management requirements that come from an absolute net lease, but it's pretty close to 
just mailbox money. The great part about triple net and, and, and absolute net lease investments, though, is that you get all of the benefits of investing in commercial real estate as well. So not only are you getting the security associated with investment grade tenants, which I will I'll dive into here in a second, investment grade tenants, but you also get 20 year leases, right? So every month for the next 20 years, they're going to pay you returns. You're also going to be able to write off and depreciate the asset. I would do what's called a cost segregation study. Uh, if you've worked with us in the past, or if you've done other deals in the past, you probably know what that is. But a cost segregation study allows you to do accelerated depreciation on the asset. So instead of writing off a commercial real estate asset over 39 years, you actually get to write a good chunk of that off over five to seven, which means for that first five to seven year period, you're not going to have a whole lot in taxes, hopefully. In fact, we had a client that built a, a, an apartment complex. Uh, it was about 150 units five years ago. And the first year... Uh, they collected about a million dollars in rent. They netted a million dollars. It was a, a little over that, obviously, because they had to pay their expenses. But they netted a million dollars. And by doing a cost segregation study, they accelerated the appreciation on all of the, you know, mechanical, all the HVAC units, all of the doors, all of the, you know, el you know the elevator, whatever else was included in that. And they actually showed a half million dollar loss, which then carried over into the following year. So not only are they making the returns on the rent from the asset, but the depreciation and the tax uh, benefits that you get out of owning real estate, you get to write off a pretty significant amount. Now, obviously, I'm not your CPA. I am, I'm not a CPA. I'm not your CPA. I'm not an attorney, and I'm not your attorney. Um, so speak with your team about how that would be structured for you because everybody has a different tax situation. Uh, but that's pretty important when it comes to... Um, when it comes to your investment returns, right? You can't just take into account how much of a cash on cash return you're getting on the asset. You also need to look at your tax liabilities. Let's talk about bond ratings here real quick. So there are what's called investment grade tenants that you can uh, sign a lease with, right? So that would be Walgreens. Walgreens is an investment grade tenant because they are, they are just so strong. You don't really have to worry about them paying you rent every month. Um, so here, this is a, an article from Fidelity. Uh, so just as individuals have their own credit report and rating issued by credit bureaus, bond issuers generally are evaluated by their own set of rating agencies to assess their credit worthiness. So Walgreens has a credit worthiness just like you do. Uh, there are three main rating agencies. Uh, let's see. The, their opinions of that credit worthiness, credit worthiness, in other words, the issuer's financial ability to make interest payments and repay the loan in full at maturity is what determines the bond's rating. Uh, and it also affects the yield, right? So it's kind of like a cap rate. Like if somebody has an incredibly high uh, investment grade, let's say that they are triple A on the standard and pours, well, you're probably going to have a lower cap rate when you purchase that, meaning the property is going to be more expensive. You'll probably get less returns because it is so secure of an investment. Right, I mean, Walgreens is probably you know incredibly high up there. Um, Starbucks, you know, think of those kinds of tenants. They're so big that they have all of these different income streams, and these banks have gone in and looked at them and just determined that you know what the the risk associated with this investment is relatively low because this this group has you know a pretty good projected future. They've always paid their debts on time, um, and they've got all of these leases that they have continued to pay on. So. 
definitely something to take into account um, there. So do I think that triple net investments are better than annuities? Absolutely. I think that triple nets are annuities. I mean, think about it. Like I said earlier, just to just to recap everything, they're essentially like bonds, right? You're going to get a lower return than you would on a value add or ground up development commercial real estate project. Uh, but they're secure. You've got a 20-year lease. The tenant's paying for everything, including the structural aspects of the property. You can get investment-grade tenants, right? Like I said about Walgreens, Starbucks. Uh, there's a few others. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them out there, but uh, those are the only ones that are coming to mind right now. Um, you get longer lease terms. You know, Some of these tenants will sign 10, 15, 20, 30-plus-year lease terms, depending on how good of a location it is and how, how specific the building is built for their use. Uh, there are minimal to no landlord responsibilities, meaning you, know, you don't have to become a landlord. You don't have to learn how to operate real estate in order to buy and invest in these types of investments to get that monthly cash flow. Uh, and then, of course, the tax benefits. I mean, the tax benefits are incredible. It'll help you shelter uh, other active income that you're making depending on your tax structure and situation. So let's jump into the comments here. Um, so as Johan was saying, can you talk about real yield risk on cap rates uh, with inflation? I mean, look, as, as inflation goes up, um, you know, cap rates tend to tend to follow. Right. I mean, it's been it's been a weird couple of years because you would have thought that um, with cap rate, with inflation going up last year, uh, that cap rates would have gone up. But instead, it did kind of the opposite, which which is a rare thing for us to see. It ended up uh, cap rates actually compressed despite inflation going up. Now we're starting to see uh, inflation going up even faster. I mean, eight percent or more um, in some cases. And I have a feeling that uh, it's going to. I mean, it's going to have a negative impact on commercial real estate at some point. Let me let me preface that with this. Most real estate investments actually do incredibly well in high inflationary environments because as, you know, let's day one, you buy your asset, you have a fixed loan, right? Let's say you buy it for $2 million, you have a loan for one and a half. Well, as inflation goes up at 8% a year, your property value increases 8% per year, but your loan does not increase at 8% per year. So you're significantly outgrowing the amount of debt on the property, which means you're growing equity in that property pretty quickly. Where that can come back and bite you is when you have longer term leases. So a triple net lease is actually a, a good example of that, where uh, if, if, if uh, inflation is increasing at 8% a year and your lease is only increasing at 3% a year, well, you have a 5% delta. Now, one thing to keep in mind is that we haven't seen inflation increase at 8% a year every year for a long period of time. Um, it could happen sporadically. It could happen this year. It could happen next year. It could happen for the next three years. But when you look at it over a 10-year period, you're probably going to hit close to the average inflation that we've seen over the last 50 years. So if you have a 3% built-in annual increase on your leases or 2%, you should actually come out in the wash. It just means that next time when that tenant comes, uh, when that tenant moves out, that space comes available, uh, you'll be able to sign a much bigger lease, sell it on a cap rate, and make even more money. So that's my thoughts on uh, on the real yield risk uh, for cap rates during inflation. Evan is saying I'm back. I am back, baby. It's been a, it's been a while. I'm really excited about it. 
Uh, does a triple net lease increase commercial real estate's value? That's coming from uh, from Dior. Yeah, absolutely it does. Uh, well, it can. I mean, a cap rate is going to be a cap rate no matter what, right? You know, a five cap on an office building is going to be a five cap on a retail building uh, because the five cap is going to be taken on the net operating income. Um, so, I, I mean, I guess technically it can and it can't um, have, a, have an impact. Um, typically, though, you'll, you'll see since there's less responsibility in a triple net lease and less risk to the prospective owners, um, like if, if, if your property taxes go up, which we've been experiencing here in Nashville over the past couple of years, if your property taxes go up, that gets passed on directly to the tenants in a triple net lease. Whereas in a full service gross lease that you'll see more commonly in office buildings, the landlord has to absorb that. So I would probably be willing to pay a five cap for a retail shopping center with triple net leases before I would pay a five cap for an office building. And so that's why you'll see a discrepancy in cap rates um, between um, identically built or constructed types of properties, if that makes sense. Zach, uh, appreciate all your expertise and time. Are you seeing a direct correlation to commercial rents going up and rates as we typically hear the market directly related to residential rates? Um, absolutely. I mean, look, with inflation where it is, uh, everything is going up. Um, property values are insane. Construction costs are insane. Uh, what property owners think their property is worth is insane. Um, so costs are rising all across the board. Um, so absolutely. I think, I think rents are going to continue to go up. Um, in some cases in multifamily, you're seeing eight to 12% rent increases year over year. I've even heard of some being 20 to 25%, which is just wild to think about. Uh, Eric, dude, I need your opinion. Well, I, I could definitely give you an opinion. I don't know if it's going to be worth anything. Uh, I have the opportunity to join either an acquisitions team as an analyst finding land to convert into storage, or I can become a broker in California and possibly make more. What would you choose? Ooh, Eric, that's a tough one, man. Um, so that would depend on what your goals are and what the opportunity is at each. I think that um, going to, I think that going to a boutique firm, no matter what is, uh, very important. That's where I started off. So of course I may be biased. I couldn't do the corporate route. Obviously I'm a big dude. I got a beard covered in tattoos and I wear a t-shirt like I'm in jeans. I'm not wearing a, a button down, uh, and I'm not shaving. So that just wasn't really my thing. Um, that being said, like if you can learn more, on all aspects of commercial real estate uh, from the acquisitions team, I might do that. Because if you are, you get to be in house, you get to see how they go out and look at deals, how they put deals together, how they go through the debt side of everything, how they go through the planning side of things. Uh, you'll never learn that just working as a broker. I mean, you might have the opportunity, but then another development shop that you don't technically work for is going to have to bring you under their wing, which more often than not, they don't want to do. Um, so that's that's my quick opinion. Hope hope it helps. Uh, Oren, Oren, what's going on, buddy? Good to see you. Uh, how do you go about sourcing potential triple net lease deals? Uh, that's a good question. Work with a triple net lease broker uh, is really the best way, in my opinion. There are so many triple net lease opportunities out there that if you wanted to sit down and start trying to figure out what's going to be a good deal and what's not, 
you're going to spend forever looking at properties and looking at duds. Um, so, you know, that's something that we offer here at the Cobble Group. We help, I mean, we just closed a deal in Texas. Uh, I'm working on a deal up in Chicago right now for a client. Uh, we work all over the country. So if you have any triple net lease investment uh, questions, feel free to reach out to me. Um, you can follow me on Instagram. You can see right there on the screen at commercial underscore in underscore Nashville on Instagram. By far the best way to get a hold of me. Jay is asking, I've only got like two more minutes left. This camera, for whatever reason, the camera cuts off at like 29 and a half minutes. Um, it's some sort of like camera, video camera regulation. Um, can I get started with $250,000? Uh, you can, Jay, if you want to pull it with a couple of other guys that have $250,000. Um, I typically recommend starting in the triple net area uh, in the one and a half to $2 million range. Um, just because you'll actually be able to get longer term leases, higher credit tenants, um, that's where it really starts to make sense. Now, if you wanted to buy something that was like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars, that was a you know you had to do a lot of work to, could be great. That's where I started. I bought a, a vacant six thousand square foot office building for five hundred seventy five thousand back in twenty nineteen when I first got started. Uh, for smart accounting, hello Tyler, do you think CRE value is going down due to current economic situation? No, in fact, I think it's the exact opposite. And in high inflationary environments, commercial real estate appreciates incredibly well. The value of the dollar goes down, but the value of hard assets goes up, right? So buying a building for a million dollars today with all of this inflation, it could be worth $2 million tomorrow. Um, obviously, that's probably not going to happen. That would be very rare, but uh, just making a point. All right, last one. Ibrahim is saying, what is the best source for a list of commercial real estate properties I can direct mail to? How to find experienced brokers in my area to help me source off-market deals? Um, the best source for a list of commercial real estate properties would be your local tax records. Um, I use CRS data. They're absolutely phenomenal. 100% endorse them because it is such a good program. We use it for everything. Um, that's the best one. Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, your, your tax records are the next best. Um, and then as far as finding experienced brokers in your area, just see who's got all the listings. Um, go meet with every single broker that is willing to sit down with you um, and, and have a conversation with them. So there you have it. That is this week's podcast. Appreciate everybody jumping in live. Uh, we will come at you next week with high inflationary environment, high interest rates. How does that impact commercial real estate? I'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Commercial Real Estate Investor Podcast brought to you by Hamilton your resource for passive real estate investment opportunities. Visit www.investwithhamilton.com to start building your passive real estate portfolio today.